What's up, guys? Clocks on the stove. We're back. Um, we got a little MMA pod for you following that. Probably, arguably, card of the year. That just was the Us- the Usman Colby card this year. Was that this year or was that last year? I think that was last. That was end of last year. Yeah, Usman Colby. Yeah, the second fight. I yeah, last year. End of last year. Yeah, so this uh, yeah, this probably year. is card of the year. Uh, this UFC two yeah. that just happened. Um, real quick, right before we dive into that, I mentioned in the last pod. Anthony Rumble Johnson passed away. Um, and for you guys that don't know about him, I want to just give a quick little tribute to him. First and foremost, before I dive in, when I was eight years old, no, I was, yeah, I was eight years old. Uh, the UFC had their first fight in in um in Tampa, and it was uh, Kenny Florian versus Joe Lozon, and Anthony Johnson was on the card. It was at the USF Sundome. 2008, April sec- April 2nd, 2008. I'm with my dad. We go to the fights. That morning, we went to a fighter warehouse. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that or know what that is, but it used to be like the only like apparel for MMA. Like like nothing else existed. It was like fighter warehouse and tap out. That was it. And they used to have a spot in the in the mall, the Wiregrass Mall, I think maybe. I don't know. They, they, used to have a, they used to have a spot there. And I went that morning with my dad. I met Sean Shirk, former UFC welterweight world champion, and Jens Pulver, the U- first ever UFC world champion. Lightweight, met them that morning. <clears throat> awesome, like a kid, living my dream as a child. Then that night, I go to these fights with my dad. And in between fights, my dad and I go to just like bathroom break and get drinks, like just like replenish, you know, just like in between fights. And um, as we're walking back into the arena, so like we're in the arena, but like we're like on the outside, like concession and stuff, but we're going in back into the doors to find our seats. Anthony Johnson just won first round knockout in 51 seconds walks through the doors the same time we're going to leave and he's surrounded by people like probably like 50 people following him just like his, he has like a coach with him he's a manager with him he's got like cameras in his face people trying to take photos with him and i'm walking like literally we're like like maybe a foot apart just like walking to each other I'm like, oh i'm like oh my gosh can i get a photo with you and he grabs me pushes all these guys away like grown men trying to get photos with him he pushes them all away and he points at my dad he goes get a photo and he drops to a knee and takes a photo of me as a little kid and he's like He's like, good luck in life, man. Like, blah, blah, like, fifth bumps me and walks away. And I will never, ever, ever forget that moment for the rest of my entire life. I will never yeah. forget it. Such a wholesome fucking dude. Such a great guy. Like, he had no business to take that photo of me. I mean, there was 50 people there that wanted to, but he saw me as a young kid. I was like, I'm going to take a photo of him. Pushes everyone out of the way and tells my dad to take a photo. And just drops with me. Super awesome guy. Um, his career was crazy. I think he had the most missed weights ever in the UFC. He was cutting, dude. I don't know if you, if you guys ever seen this dude. He's mad. He was massive, huge. He was cutting to one seventy from like two thirty, like terrible. They told him like you can't fight at, you can't fight at welterweight anymore. But I mean, dude, his resume alone, spectacular. I mean, he beat. Let's uh, look. Like, I mean, he lost Kevin Burns. He gets his rematch. Beats Kevin Burns. He lost Koscheck, but he beat Dan Hardy. Fought Vitor Belfort. Beat Phil Davis. Beat Naganu. Beat. Uh, excuse me, not Nagano. Beat Noguera, beat Alexander Gustafsson, beat Jim Wa- Jim Jim Ma- Manua, beat Ryan Bader, beat Glover Teixeira. His only losses at light heavyweight were Daniel Cormier. That's it. And he looked great in the second Cormier fight. Two title shots. He was always rumored to be the guy to beat John Jones. Goes into bodybuilding, comes out of bodybuilding, goes back into fighting in Bellator, and passes away uh, suddenly with with a very bad illness. So yeah, just want I just don't want his legacy to go unknown because like I said, he's definitely a mile, 
definitely one of the first inspirations I ever had to be a fighter and a moment I'll never forget for the rest of my life. But yeah, diving into the happy news now, starting us off on our card that we're going to at least cover, we had Aaron Blanchfield fighting Molly Meatball McCain. Molly McCain, obviously extremely hyped. Her and Patty got this like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like this like weird, you know, we're British, but we talk shit kind of vibe. Both sponsored by Barstool, Dave Portnoy, Big Cat were there. Brought a lot of hype. And the thing is, too, is that people are saying this is her first like really big fight. I mean, yeah, she's fought in like big scenes and stuff. But like this is the first fight that was like her first like hard opponent. And it showed. It showed. Yeah. Yeah. She got taken down off rip and then ate 93 strikes. And got yeah. Mauled. Yeah. Um, the thing about Aaron Blanchfield is, is she's 23 years old. Like she is uber young, like still incredibly young. And the fact that her grappling is like that level for a women's flyweight is kind of ridiculous because, you know, Molly had all this hype. She had pretty much had her way with everyone she had fought before. But I mean, when we talk about first real opponent, like this was like a legitimate ranked fighter potentially in the flyweight women's division. Like she is Had going won, to like, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be very dangerous there. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, people were talking shit because in Molly's interview, she was like, you know, skews don't tap. Like, like we just go out and then people yeah. are like, oh, well, you know, you tapped out. And I was like, people got to understand there's a huge difference between going to sleep and having your arm ripped off your body. Yeah, and, like, and getting, getting a Kamor that possibly could end your career. Like, you could, like if it's torn bad enough, you never fight again. Yeah, and trust me, she rode that thing out for a, good amount of time like she definitely did some serious damage to her shoulder yeah. by trying to fight it and she was like yeah i could definitely like pull my arm out of this i was like no you can't like you're gonna have your arm ripped from your body and it's gonna be very painful and that's kind of like i was kind of like mad seeing people being like oh well, she said she wouldn't tap i'm like dude yeah she probably wouldn't tap if she's getting put to sleep like anyone can get put to sleep i was like tell me if you'd like like one of your limbs to be ripped off your body. Like I would love to know how that would feel for Dude, a little bit. Even like you said though, even though she tapped, she went far. Like she really tried not to tap. Like it got to the point where I was watching it and I was like with I was with Nick Vans and Donuts and I was like, oh I can't watch. I was like, oh it's gonna pop. Like she like she let it go. Like she she fought that shit. My yeah. shoulders are not flexible enough to even go. Like like that's all I'm giving. Like I can't even yeah. yeah. But she's a savage. I don't think this fight makes M Molly look bad. I don't think it hurts her position at all. I mean, dude, she's still probably the top five biggest names in women's MMA and one of the biggest names in MMA. I think she just really wanted it. She kind of pulled a me and she really wanted to prove her worth and jumped into a big fight too soon. I think she should have taken yeah. one more cupcake and worked her way. And also dude, like when you're hurt, when you're her level, let's be honest, she's never gonna touch a title. She's just going to be a big name fight, like Barstool supporting. Like, and I, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not bashing that. But kind of pick your fights a little better. You know, you know your ground game's not that good. Maybe not go after Aaron Blanchfield, you know. But, hey, nothing but respect for her. Blanchfield's a monster, and I'm actually very excited to see her climb the ropes and, and start working. Anyone that thinks women fighting's boring, you're stupid. There's amazingly talented women. And if you think women can't fight, come to my gym, and I can point you to four or five women that would beat your ass. All right? But, yeah, there's not much to talk about there. Blanchfield took her down, completely destroyed her. Uh, that's all I got to say for that fight. Zach, you want to bring us into our next one with Ryan Spann and Dominic Reyes. Yeah, just real quick before that, Blanchfield dropped, jumped into number 10 in the flyweight rankings. Um, oh, yeah. I don't really know what's next for her uh, oh, yeah, right now. I don't know the rankings. Um, 
So right now I can go over the rankings. Um, Valentina Shevchenko is still the champ there. Um, Fiora, who just won her last fight, is still in the number one spot. This is this is flyweight, uh, right? Yes. Um, Talia Santos at two. Uh, Kaylin Chukagin at three. Lauren Murphy, four. Grasso, five. Andrade, six. Honestly, give Blanche and Andrade. I want to see if yeah, she's see, like I was going to say. I was going to say the same thing, but Andrade's fighting Murphy in January. Mm. That fight would have been good though. That's two great ground fighters. Like, but yeah. you could, you could, you could, you could fight the winner. Were we giving her that jump from ten just immediately to the winner of four and six though? Like that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, honestly, whoever's open ahead of her, if. Uh, Jennifer Maya is open, or even Lee at this point. Yeah, I think Andrew Lee's not a bad fight for her either. Yeah, give her, give her someone Maya's that either this, Maya's fighting this Saturday. So I think really her only option is Andrea Lee. I don't think anyone seven and up is going to take her. She's a deadly ten. That's the problem. She's kind of in that like Islam situation. It's not yeah. just like she's a hard ten, and you know, and, like when you when you're that high up, it's that's like a kind of a lose lose fight, you know? Yeah. Because the way I see it is if Dana really wants to see if she is championship level, like if she is next in line to take on Shevchenko at number one, she has to fight someone with good enough takedown defense to see if she can still have her way with her. And number two, she has to fight someone who has, um, I guess, stand up that forces her to keep it on the feet. And you if know, she can you know, this is a fun fight, Zach. What if she fights the winner of Tracy Cortez and Rebus who fight on the December 3rd Orlando card? Tracy Cortez. That's Brian Ortega's girl. Oh. That'd be a really good fight. And then the winner of that fight could maybe fight. A, then you start giving them a big fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like Blanchfield, Blanchfield, after Molly, that was kind of just like a, we're going to build your name off another big name. And then Yeah, we'll no, yeah. Rocking. They, they kind of, it wasn't like they, they gave Molly to the fire. It was kind of like, if Molly, it was a win-win situation. Molly beats yeah. Blanchfield. Molly's legit. She beat a really good fighter. We can start feeding her top five. Molly yeah. loses the way she did. It's like Blanchfield's legit as shit. And Molly's image. I don't think this hurts Molly's image. I really don't. Because I'm pretty confident. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to state 100. percent But I'm pretty confident it was a, not a full camp fight. She kind of took it, not like super last minute, but she kind of took it on like let's fucking do this. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, moving into our next fight though. We have our next fight, which was on the prelims, which was Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. Look, the more that I watched Dominic Reyes fight, the more I realized that his career was simply built on giving John Jones a really good test. Now, a lot of people can argue he won that Jones fight, and I think that's literally going to be Dom's entire career. It's going to be like, oh, well, he almost beat John Jones. Like, yeah, bro, no Dom's going to be like, hey, kids, remember <laughs> back in the day, I almost beat John. <laughs> Like, okay, buddy, but we also watched Ryan's fan literally deck the shit out of you. And with you a go to jab. Sleep. With a fucking with a jab. jab. I will admit, though, that jab, I watched every muscle in his face just, like, get forced back into his skull. Um, He got the shit kicked out of him. And now, here's, here's the thing that I have with fighters. A lot of the time, guys will go on losing streaks, and people will throw the question out there of whether or not these fighters are truly done. Like, oh, like, should these guys consider retirement or seeking contracts in other fight organizations? Here's the difference. When you look at Michael Chandler, who's lost a couple of his last fights outside of the Ferguson, he's putting up wars every fight and consistently showing that 
give or take a punch here, he could probably walk out with a win in those fights. Dom's last four fights, he is getting brutally yeah, murdered. He's not even like, close. <laughs> yeah, like it. it's getting to the point where like he's not even covering his chin well. His stand-up's not there with some of these young guys up and coming. Dude, it looks like he's not. It. What was it? It was Jan baptized in the baptized second round. Him. And then Jiri with a spinning elbow. And then Ryan Spann with a jab knockout. Like he's getting yeah, like, murdered. Yeah. He is he's literally the training bot with no arms that's like <laughs> sitting there in, in your gym's corner that you just walk over to and just slap the fuck out of a couple of times. Like that that is what Dobbs turning into. Like I don't know what like could possibly be happening in Dom's camps because there's no way he spars like this in camp and his coaches are like, yeah, you ready. Oh, and the thing is too is bro, what he did part of his camp with Pereira. Like you like uh, what? Did Pereira not take his head off? Like yeah with like, like a 50% jab. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think Ryan Span is bad. I just don't think he's gonna ever do anything. Like I don't think he's like anything crazy good. Um okay. he's got power though. He does have power. Like yes. he didn't like he didn't have like crazy good movement or like like completely like dismantled Dom. He just fucking nailed him, and Dom just no. walked up to him like this. That is also true. Another thing about Ryan Spann in his post fight uh, interview that he said that really just kind of threw me off, and I know it was uh, like the most bold faced lie I've ever. I heard. didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear Dude, it. Dude, this man in his post fight interview looks right at. Um, I think it was Joe Rogan in the ring doing the yeah, uh, commentary. Yeah, it, Joe asked me. He's like. He's like, how was your like preparation leading up to this fight? And he was like, you know, I've never trained in my life. And I was like, bro, what? Oh, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, okay, Ryan, maybe you've never trained for a specific fighter's like repertoire or like their fight style. I'll give you that. But to say you've never trained is like saying, oh, I've never stepped in a gym. Like, yeah. oh, I've never told you. <laughs> yeah. hey, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, we, kn- we yeah, know. Shut up, dude. We know you went to the gym every goddamn day to prepare for this fight. Now, did you train for Don specifically? Absolutely not. You think you there's a chance that, like, like, what he meant by that was, like, in his mind, it's not training to him because he loves it or something? Or, like... Regardless, regardless, you just convinced a bunch of casuals that you just walked into the ring at fight yeah, night. And now you're, like, you're going to have so <laughs> many casuals. Be like, I could fight Ryan Spant, does it? I watch UFC. <laughs> Like oh. that always six four. He's six yeah. four, like two thirty. Like I'm six four, two thirty. Like I can throw a jab. Like, bro, yeah, man. Like I said, I don't think he's bad. I just let's start off with Dom. Okay, nothing but respect for him. He's only fought bad motherfuckers, regardless of him losing. He's only fought the 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 best. I do think his time in the UFC is done though, and I don't have anything mm-hmm. against him personally. I don't, I'm not like a Dom Reyes fan or Dom Reyes hater. Like, I kind of fucked with him. You know, I thought he was pretty dope. I thought he was going to beat Jan when they fought for the, for, the, for the UFC title after he got vacated. I just don't see anything good coming out of staying in the UFC. Say you do stay and you fight, you either fight bums or you get knocked out again. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose sponsors. You're going to lose following. There's nothing good coming out of that. Go to Bellator and run the division, dude. Like, why not? Who gives a shit? You had your prime. You have a good following. Like, go there. Fight fight guys that aren't as good. Now, obviously, the top guys are still fucking legit. But you'll be a top five guy in Bellator rather than, a, what, you're at 12 right now in the UFC and you're probably going to lose that. I just don't see any – I don't see any scenarios that work out for Dom staying in the UFC personally, personally. And this is not shit talking. This is just me giving my opinion. 
for Ryan yeah, Span. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Zach, you go. No, 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 I'm completely with you. Um, for I'm Ryan Span, it's kind of interesting because I'm pretty sure you've lost to a lot of these guys in the top ten. Um, well, my phone just decided not to assist me. All right, let's look at this. Who has he fought? So you beat Date Reyes, you beat uh, Kudalaba, you lose to Smith, you lose to Johnny Walker. Oh, yeah, you're kind of you're kind of all right. I mean, you could throw him. So you're at ten. You could give him Vulcan. You could give him Paul Craig. I think I think anyone Nikita Krill. Um, Paul Craig. Paul Craig is fighting Johnny Walker. Yes, yes, yes. You were correct. So I think. Um, where's Johnny Walker ranked? At eleven, that makes no sense. Eleven. You literally beat Ryan Span. I think you give him Vulcan, man. He. It's because um, I think it's because Johnny Walker lost to or no, he won his last fight. I'm a Vulcan lost. Dude, the light heavyweight division is so fucking hard to pick, bro. Okay, here's the thing. Nikita Krylov doesn't have a fight scheduled right now, and Vulcan Ozdemir doesn't have a fight either. Um, Paul Craig, yeah, but, but, Craig, but, but Krylov just beat Vulcan, so I don't think you give – I don't think you give a, a Ryan Spann who's on a two-fight win streak, finish streak especially, a guy that lost in Ozdemir. I think the only fight that makes sense is Nikita, but Nikita's definitely going to try to fight a guy above him. Oh, dude, this division is so fucking weird. I honestly have no idea um, next Ryan's man. Maybe take a guy behind you again, but that doesn't make any sense. Honestly, this division sucks. I'm not gonna lie; it's the worst division in the UFC. Yeah, let's be completely honest. Um, after Anthony Smith, there's a significant. Uh, maybe Jamal after no, Hill, after a- dude, no, 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 after Rockchick, there's a big drop. The top, yeah. the Jerry Glover, Jan Magomed, and Rockchick, dogs. They're gross. I'm not taking any. I think all of those guys could beat each other. I think they could all beat each other. I think they're all dogs. Jamal Hill and Anthony Smith are like my Michael Chandler. They're like, they can hang with those guys, but they don't really beat them. After yeah. that, it's like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, yeah. Donnie just, Walker is supposed to be the, the next up and coming. Uh, he gets not, he has a glass chin. Dom Reyes, same thing. Jimmy Crute. Uh, Jimmy Crute's good. He's just young. He's like 25. Khalil Roundtree, I think he's good. And then he fights someone good and gets his ass beat. Like it's just it, it just I don't know it's the John Jones and DC carried that division, even when Anthony Johnson was there and Alexander Gustafsson. You know there was a time this was the most badass division ever, and right now it's just it's not there for Ryan Span. I, I guess you kind of wait, right? Yeah, I, I think you just do a waiting game, maybe. Yeah, just see what the UFC has in store for you. You know, if they want to try to build you, they'll give you a fighter to kind of put your name on the map. Unfortunately, he's a little um, old. If to that start is the building, case. He's already 31. He's kind of got to, he's kind of got to stay active. Yeah. So if he wants to fight now, honestly, Jamal Hill doesn't have anything going on for him. See what he's up to. Yeah. But I don't think Jamal Hill's going to, Jamal Hill just won. I don't think he's going to take a 10. He went against Santos. I mean, mm. he might, he might, if they give him a bag in a main event. Yeah. Screw it. I could see it. I wouldn't be opposed. I'll, Honestly, it'd yeah. probably be a good fight. They're both heavy hitters that have good boxing. It wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't be bad. And Span has decent ground game. Like that's where his fighting style kind of like originated from. Like he, let me see. Orange Ball has mis- no ground game. Yeah, Ryan Span twelve wins by submission, six by knockout. So he's primarily oh, he's kind a of a grappler. Yeah, yeah, no, he's primarily a grappler. And now his striking is kind of like grown. Like he yeah. said, he's finally started to work on that. So our next outside fight, of that, though. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, our next fight did not see this coming. Anato Macchiano, Mo Mochiano, whatever the hell his name is, 
Submit oh Brad Riddell first round with a rear naked choke. I feel your pain, Brad. Been there. Um, dude, I it just weird. Just, I feel like the last three fights I've watched Brad Riddell, he looks like he doesn't like he, he looks unprepared. Like the last three fights I've seen him fight, and I always think I like him. His fight style is usually electric, but the last three times I've watched him fight, when he goes into the cage, he looks nervous as shit. And it's okay to be nervous as shit. Every fighter in the entire world of fighting ever is nervous when they go into the cage. Okay. But you can't show your nervousness, especially in the UFC. He looks nervous yeah. the last three fights I've watched, and he doesn't fight his fight. He followed Hanato the whole fight. Whatever Hanato did, he just followed. He was a step behind. He was worse than the striking. You're a brawler, bro. You need to be brawling. The fights you win is because you brawl. He didn't brawl with them. He got it. It got ugly. He got dropped and he got submitted. What's, um, I don't really think there's much more to say to that fight. It was just like, he was just a step behind the entire time. And the thing is, Zach, is it makes no sense to me because you have Carlos Olbrig, Dan Hooker, Brad Riddell, and Izzy all in the same card, and they're all doing fight camp together out of the same camp. So why why are you not, like, what, what makes you nervous? That would get me fucking, like, I would, my confidence would be through the roof if I'm in that scenario. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was really weird. I... So I had Moicano winning going into the fight um, just because, you know, usually those taller, lengthier, um, stronger grapplers tend to have their way with smaller guys. And like you said, you know, Riddell's kind of a bruiser, brawler type of build. You know, he's kind of in your face, going to work you on the inside. And it looked like he just didn't really care to get inside Hanato at all. Like he just really didn't care getting inside his reach, trying to dictate the fight. He was kind of comfortable with just being like, hey, you know, I'll do whatever you want to do and I'll just try to beat you at that game. But at the end of the day, it really didn't look like he was trying to win in any regard. Like He was very you know, hesitant, I would say. Yeah, and, you know, what I thought, my prediction for the fight was, you know, Riddell was going to have to get inside his reach and press him. And because in doing so, he would get a little too close, Moicano would just shoot a takedown. And because he's lengthier, he can have his way with the limbs. Like he could just, you know, grab a wrist, pull it all the way to the side kind of get his hooks in and then just kind of ride out the rest of the fight. But he didn't really need to. You know, he only really went to the ground after he got that knockdown. Um, I don't know, man. Really weird for Hooker. Hanato actually just jumped into the uh, lightweight rankings, though. He is up to 13th now from being unranked, uh, jumping Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. But those honestly, two guys are out. Honestly, honestly, I think you do two things here for Hanato. You give him Dan Hooker, which I would mm. love that fight. That'd be a very fun fight to watch. On top of that, Dan Hooker fights out the same camp as Brad Riddell. So now you're like, all right. <clears throat> so you're like, all right, fuck it. Let's fight the next guy. Or you give him Jalen Turner because they're both like mm. tall, lanky dudes. And Jalen Turner also just beat Brad Riddell with the first round finish. Knowing. Hmm. Yeah, knowing Hooker, since he just won, he's probably going to want to fight someone higher. Um, I don't think they'll – yeah, I'd give – higher is going to take Hooker right now. Like, all these guys higher have just fought or have fights. I mean, Armand, he kind of just lost to Gamera in June. He doesn't have a fight I schedule. I do yet. not think Manata, Ma, Ma Keanu is going to want that fight. Mm, I mean – you want to start climbing the rankings. You don't really got a choice. This you know what's funny, is though? Is, did, you, did you hear his post-fight interview? 
Who Moicano's? Yeah. No. Sorry. So the thing is, is if you guys don't know, if you're not on the pay per view, you cannot cuss when you were interviewed because you were on regular television. And he's just cussing away, and the whole interview is just like him talking. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Out, and then talking bleeped out. Like I didn't catch like any of it because it just kept getting bleeped. You can't yeah, cuss no. when you're freaking. Like I know you're hyped up. You don't understand, but like your message didn't get across, bro. No one heard you. Yeah. Not only that, but his like broken Brazilian like English was so funny because he was like he's like New York was fucking awesome, and I'm and just then like, be like yeah, New York, dead silence. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I, like, I is, like that. Uh, I like that Hooker or Jalen Turner fight for him. Honestly, I think those are both um, good for him. For Brad Riddell, dude, I don't know, man. I good honestly, luck. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you might get caught. Um, honestly, this kind of lightweight division is turning into it's turning into somewhat of like a boxing division. Like you lose and you're 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 done. <laughs> yeah, it's just too, there's just so much depth. Like every guy in the top fifteen is good. Through eight, dude, like, and these not guys only are is he on a three fight losing streak. It's a three fight finish streak in the last two in the first round. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Call wraps. Call everybody, Dom. Go take over the PFL. Do or, it. or you're already in the Western Hemisphere, right? In Australia or New Zealand? No, that's Eastern Hemisphere. Eastern Hemisphere. So we're Western Hemisphere. Yeah, I believe so. All right, I so. so. Uh, you know what? Yeah, can we just make sure? Because I think you're right, too, but I feel like it's even one of those things that make us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Western Hemisphere uh, is the part of Earth comprising North and South America. Okay, okay. So you're already on the Eastern Hemisphere. Fight for 1FC, bro. You're going to get paid. They allow bag. legalized murder. Yeah. Hell I yeah. honestly would prefer that would that would honestly like like play better into his style. I mean, maybe not for Dom because Dom may die, but Brad, Brad, I could see some success. I, I could see it with Brad, but yeah, let's get to our main card now. Wow, what a fucking main card! What a what a whole overall card, first of all. But I mean, we okay. start off with Hooker versus Puelas, and very boring, very boring. And Puelas just tried to what? How do you say it? Oh, I was just making fun of his name. Uh, Puelas. Puelas, um, literally just ass scooted the entire fight trying to get a knee bar. And I understand that the Imanari role and the ass scooting work against shittier guys, but Dan, regardless of if you like Dan Hooker or not, he is a veteran in the game. He has fought the baddest motherfuckers in the division. You're not going to get that shit on him. He landed a fucking beautiful uh, liver kick. Shut, shut, or sternum kick, excuse me, shut it down his body to finish it off. Um, I mean, yeah, it kind of was just like, well, that's going for a shit, hooker getting away, hooker piecing him. You pull us going for shit, hooker getting away, hooker piecing him. And then he hit him with that sternum, that sternum front kick, and it was over. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything more to, to say on that fight at all, actually. Yeah. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, well, that's kind of revealed his weaknesses to the UFC fans. Um, this card did not do him any justice. Even if he would have won in the later rounds, I don't think anyone would have respected it just based off the fact that he's so one-dimensional in his mm-hmm. game planning that he doesn't allow any versatility. Like, you got to remember, this is, the, this is the UFC. This is mixed martial arts at its peak. Like This is supposed to show every facet of the fight game. You know, you are supposed to be an exemplary student of the game. 
uh, in all regards. And if you're just going to stick to one thing, it's not going to work. Even with guys like Khabib and Islam, who you say, oh, well, they're primarily just wrestlers. There's a difference between just a wrestler and Sambo wrestling. They specialize in beating your fucking ass in the ground and pound aspect. You are literally just going for lead locks the entire time. That's all you should do. Zach is like, first of all, you should never, if you're in the UFC, this is not 2008. You should not be one dimensional ever. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean you have to be phenomenal at the other stuff at all. It does not mean that at all. It just means you should be comfortable enough and be able to, to be able to use it. And also if you're one dimensional, like, like, one-dimensional like Khabib or your one-dimensional like Islam, right? You set it up. You 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 hide it. You hide the fact that you're one-dimensional. You don't go out there and ask you and be like, this is all I got. You set yeah. it up. You, you throw hands for a takedown. You throw leg kicks, even if they're ugly. Like, you, you give other things. Like, even if he just went out there and just threw jabs and leg kicks, right? That's still two other things Hooker's thinking of. But when you're just ass-scooting, the only thing he's thinking of at all is you pulling guard. So he has no fear of your striking. So he's already stalking you down. Like, he, like literally, he could have just hid behind a jab and thrown leg kicks and then eventually done it because now Hooker's, like, shedding punches and, like, eating leg kicks. His leg's getting tired. He might not be able to grapple as well. But, like, he – I can't emphasize enough the fact that he didn't do shit. Like, he just didn't do yeah. it. Yeah, not only that, but for Puelas, you're kind of looking at him like, yeah, we get it you're primarily a grappler and you're going for one type of submission, which was the leg lock. He's literally just going for knee which bars. Hit, which he hit his last three fights. So like he obviously yeah. is good at it. Yeah, no, he's good at it. But, you know, from a casual fan, this fight wasn't good at all, but you had that one moment in the first round where Puelas looked like he did get it at first. He locked it in, but then you see Dan's experience in the fight game kind of show when he showed unbelievable um, submission defense. I also like, just like constant. Uh, to piggyback off that, Dan's composure was beautiful. I remember watching yeah. it and he got it in deep. And Dan was like, Oh, fuck. Dan's very calm. He's like, All right, I need to do this. And that, and that shows, like you said, with his veteranism. Like he he understood he wasn't, there's was no reason for him to freak out. My, where my curiosity lies is who in Dan Hooker's camp did we think was that like well renowned in their grappling that he could have worked with? I kind of personally cannot think of a single person. On That's just jujitsu, just jujitsu. They have yeah, they have good wrestling there. Volk's wrestling is very good. Um, Dan Hooker's wrestling is not even that bad. But pure jujitsu, I don't know. I do know. Oh no, 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 no. I do know they're very close with Craig Jones. So I could see okay. them bringing Craig Jones in because he's an Aussie as well, and having him work with with Hooker. And I mean, no one's jujitsu is better than Craig Jones and pure jujitsu. Because that, because yeah, because Pulis is. Grappling is insane. Yeah, you know, anyone, if, any, if he would have gotten it, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Easily. That's why, like, once you lock in a leg lock or once you have a hold of someone's leg, it's very hard to get out of it. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Gordon Ryan has kind of built his career off leg locks these days. Um, that whole like, Danahan just, team, that's what they're just known for. Yeah. Like, it. once you have a leg, like, once you have someone's leg, ankle, knee, like, anything, it, it's pretty much over the jiu-jitsu game at this point. And it's kind of showing. Um, with fighters like Willis, but at the same time, you know, you have someone that knows how to defend it well enough, you're fucked. Like, your game suddenly vanishes. You can't get that. You can't get what you want to. It's over. Speaking of it's over, um, Frankie Edgar, man. End of a end of a career. Um, this was brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is his, what, third fight in a row where he got absolutely murdered his third um, fight in a row where he lost and got knocked out 
It's his fourth fight in five fights where he lost and got knocked out. His only win was split decision over Pedro, which I don't think anybody agrees he won that fight. Yeah. Um, and poor three guy. Of those, three of those – three of the four knockouts were in the first round. What were his knockouts again? We have Gutierrez. He got San knocked Hagen. out by, by Jung, and then he got – in the first round, knocked out by Sam Hagen, knocked out by Cheeto, knocked out by Gutierrez. And Cheeto hit him what with a front the... kick on the Colby card. Dude, so you're telling me this man got Sam Hagen need, flying need, Cheeto front kick, and then Chris Gutierrez need right to the dome. Yeah, like and... he, he, it wasn't like an Izzy knockout where he was like kind of there. No, this man went to bed. He was, yeah, out. no, like when the shoulders lock up and the arms stiffen, that's when you know, like, you are out. And also, cold. dude, when you're 41 years old and you get knocked out, your body don't recover the same from that as if, like, you and I got knocked out. <laughs> like, you're old as fuck. You know, but, hey, oh. I'm not here to shit talk Frankie Edgar, man. First of all, before we give him his respect, let's dive into the fight itself. It looked exactly like the other three fights. He, <laughs> he went in there. He does his Frankie Edgar, like, head, his head movement is beautiful. But for some reason, he can't see a knee coming. Goes in there, does his normal Frankie Edgar box and shit. He only landed two strikes. I mean, it, it was quick, bro. I mean, what, two minutes in? They kind of was feeling, feeling, feeling. And then, no, I think I think Gita uh, was piecing him a little. A little bit. But but my thing just, is with Edgar, with Edgar, bro, his fight style is he's still so catered to that old school style of like it's strictly stand up. Like Muay Thai really wasn't like a part of the UFC by then. So like with his boxing, like, He'll throw jobs, jabs, but instead of like dipping out or like rolling to the side, he always just like ducks. He's, like, he he's, very, duck he's a turtle fighter, one hundred percent. Yeah, he, yeah, huge turtle fighter. And the problem is, is guys see that in their camp, and all they train is faint knee to the face. Yeah, exactly. Or he's going to come down. He's going to come down anyways. Might as well fucking bring it. Yeah, yeah, bring something to meet him there. And for the past three, four knockouts, yeah. people have met him pretty generously with some murderous intentions. And cool unfortunately, to, uh, I'm sorry, you finished. Yeah, I was just saying, unfortunately for Frankie, like that, that's the end of him. Another thing I'll say is, I, I don't know if I respect Dana for it, but he he brutally sends his fighters off into retirement. Yeah, like he, yeah. he has a horrible way of being like, oh, you've done so much for us. I'm going to literally watch you die. Yeah, you've made millions. me millions of dollars, so I'm going to get you killed. Like, what? Yeah, no, he like, he like saves them. He saves them for like a decently big card, like MSG. He's like, I'll let you retire in front of New York. And like for Frank, he's like, yeah, man, I get to go out in New York, like my hometown. Like, fuck yeah, like this is all I wanted. And then he's like, and then he finds Chris Gutierrez and he's like, I need you to murder him. Yeah. In front of everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, like, the, I, you know, you're, you're correct, bro. They use, they use the retirement fight to sell the card because like everyone, like there's definitely people out there, 100% that watched this card because it was Frank Yanker's last fight, 100%. 100%. Yeah. He's the first battle Hall of Famer. But instead of giving him like a <laughs> cupcake, they give him a fucking murderer. Yeah. yeah but, but I, it, it's sad to watch Frankie retire. I'm glad he's finally fucking doing it. Like, as much as it hurt me to watch uh, George's retire, and as much as it hurt me to watch fucking uh, Cowboy retire, it's like, you know, you got it's It's time, guys. Like, it's it's time. Um, it was really cool. I mean, they tried interviewing him after. And he couldn't really like say anything. And all the people with me watching the fights, like, you don't think like he had something to say? I'm like, he doesn't remember where the fuck he is right now. He has no idea what he has. He doesn't. He probably dead serious, dead serious. When they when Joe Rogan interviewed him after and he did his retirement speech, he probably had no idea what happened in the fight. No idea. He probably yeah. didn't have a fucking clue. 
Yeah. He had no idea what happened. And then Joe was like, so how do you feel after that loss? Yeah. And then was like, <laughs> so then in his mind, Edgar Shane's like, okay, I lost. Well, no, he knew he got knocked out because you're going to feel your body and like they woke you up. But he has no idea what happened. He probably didn't know the round. He probably didn't know how. Like, he probably didn't know yeah. shit. Yeah, like, well, Frankie, they brutally murdered you again. Um, I have to do another CAT scan, unfortunately, and your career's over. So, enjoy um, retirement. So, yeah, that was cool. It was really cool, too, to see Gutierrez. Gutierrez, how the fuck you say his last name? He started crying Chris after. Gutierrez. He's like, dude, I just, he's like, it's awesome when you get this fight because you get to fight a Hall of Famer. He goes, but it's so depressing that I'm the reason he just, like, I just ended Frankie's career. You know, and he started crying, getting emotional. Because, I mean, dude, Frankie's a pioneer. He's 100% a pioneer of the sport. I mean, we talked about it when we did the preview of this card. He was weighing 160 pounds, fighting at 155, holding the belt, beating BJ, ending BJ Penn's career, basically. Back-to-back fucking wars with Gray Maynard, war with Benson Henderson. I mean, war with Max Holloway. I mean, the dude put on fights. First battle Hall of Famer. I hope nothing for the best of him. I hope he can get into coaching and start getting into into that side, but yeah, dude, the fight game is um, the fight game is no longer for you. In terms of Gutierrez, whatever his name is, he jumps Gutierrez. into the rankings at thirteen for the first time. Um, Zach, who do you think you should give him? I wouldn't mind Ricky Simone. That'd actually be pretty a fucking electric fight. Yeah. Actually, that was the first one I was looking at. My only problem is um, Ricky's last fight was in July, so he may be trying to fight a little little bit sooner given that Gutierrez may need to rest that, a little yeah. bit. Then again, Gutierrez didn't take any damage. I don't know when he's going to be cleared. I don't know how long he likes to wait for his fight camps. That's another thing people have to realize is not every fighter is built the same. Some guys like to take their time to fully recover, like completely just kind of like reset themselves. Other fighters, if they're ready to go after a fight, they want to stay in that groove. They're like, fuck it. I'll just cut weight again. Get right oh, back. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, even like, like from my perspective, I have teammates that need a camp. And I have teammates that, that don't do camps and they just stay ready year round. You know, yeah. it all depends on your body. Like I, I stay ready year round, but I stay ready where I'm like a two to four week camp, mini camp if I need it. I can't stay to the hundred percent of time. My body doesn't work that way. I just can't. But I have teammates like yeah. my teammate Carlos. He can train at a hundred percent every single day, every week. Like it doesn't matter. Like his body just responds yeah. that way. You have no idea. The, also like understand Guitares. I'm sorry we keep mispronouncing your name. He might not have taken that much damage in the fight, but who knows if he had an underlying injury going into the fight? You have no idea. You know what I mean? So maybe he was like, all right, now we need to nurse this now that we have time. But yeah, I think that Simone fight's good. I also think Pedro, the Pedro fight wouldn't be bad. See, that's what I was looking at because here's the way I look at it. Ricky Simone at least is coming off a win in his last fight. He's probably going to want to look to fight up. Um, so it'd be unfair to kind of just throw Gutierrez, who's below him at him, doesn't really prove anything for him. Pedro, however... Um, coming off of that, what, no contest to Sean O'Malley Sean, back yeah. in July. Um, yeah, you know, he's kind of been inactive, just not really doing anything. Um, I'd like to see him there. If That'd be a not, good fight, dude. That'd be a very if, good fight. If not, since Song Yudong did kind of get murdered by Corey, or not really murdered, but like... I think Song's to- still too high for a 13. Maybe. The way I see it is, is like, if you want to build Gutierrez, give him Song as like a tune-up fight, and if he ends up beating Song, then you know, like, hey, you can just throw him. Like, throw I think him he, I think Pedro is going to be a good fight for him. Pedro's kind of a gatekeeper. I love Pedro. I'm not shit talking. He's one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, no, Pedro's great guy. Nice. When I used to train with him, only fights dogs. But I think if he beats Pedro, you give him a top ten guy. Yeah, honestly, just give Chris Gutierrez to Sean O'Malley. 
Fuck it. Yeah, like just throw him out there. You know, if Sean wins, he's he's the true gatekeeper of the division at this point. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but Aljo just can't ever shut the fuck up. Um, this dude's like, oh, you know, I want the money fight, and I think that's Sean O'Malley. No, the fuck, that is not a money fight. That is, you want to defend your belt against a guy that you know is has not no ground to be there. <laughs> it has no ground game, and you just want an easy win, you little bitch. I, God, I wish Marab wasn't a part of his like training camp because I want to see them go at it. Never fight each other. Yeah, but they'll never fight each other. Um, and I don't Aljo's blame them. Bit- I don't blame them. If I was in that situation, I would do the same thing. If if me and Carlos or like me and Steve-O or me and Edgar were in that situation, I would not fight them. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them. Um, Unless Dana was like, "Look, you each getting ten mil," then I'm like, "All right, I get yeah. you. <laughs> the fucking shit out of each other." Yeah, one time, yeah, like one of those bets where it's like, would you beat the fuck out of your friend for $10 million? Like, I would slap the yeah, fuck out of my friend. I would fight any single one of Sprite. my friends for $10 million. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's it's got to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I was just too busy booty chasing Bulk, and Bulk's too busy booty chasing Islam. It's we're, it's a clusterfuck here in the everyone UFC. Everyone wants to fight the person that – everyone wants to fight someone except the person they're supposed to fight. Yes, um, and Dana's probably – having a terrible time scheduling fights because you have some guys just being like, give me anybody, please. And you have other guys being like, I'm only going to take this fight if the full moon is out on this day. Yeah, in this arena and you have to pay me this much and I need these people in my corner and I need my mom and, to have her own private jet. Oh, and even though I haven't fought for a belt in 10 years, it better be a main event fight and it better be five rounds. Yeah, Jorge. Five rounds That's some Jorge Masvidal shit right there, bro. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Jorge. Like, you're getting whoever we feed you to. Just because you had one goddamn little streak, you think you're top shit. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, man, outside of that. Our next fight was definitely fight of the night, without a doubt. Um, and I feel like everybody and their mom knew it was going to be. My good old Mike Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. Real quick, Zach, I'm going to let you start this off because I'm going to try to pull up the scorecards because I feel like it could have been Mike 2-0. Yeah, um, it's the Iron Man versus the Diamond. Um, Look, this was a war, and we kind of knew it. My thing is, is Michael Chandler is the greatest first-round fighter in human history. Um, This man does not know what the word gas tank means. It is strictly, I'm going to try to murder you off rip. And if I can't get it done, then, oh, well, I'll get fight of the night or I'll earn some performance. Yo, so actually, though, it went round one, Dustin, round two, Michael, on all three cards. Uh, how's that possible? Because, remember, this is what happened. In the beginning of round oh, one. Oh, it was in the third. They made it to the third? Yeah, oh. he submitted them in third. So look, look, look. If you remember, what happened in the fight is Mike came out hot as hell and started rocking Dustin off rip. And then kind of gassed out and like halfway through the round trying to go for the big shots. And then Dustin started getting in his rhythm. Then round two, Mike takes him down and just fucks him on the ground. Dustin gets up at the very end, pieces him a little. And then round three, Mike's just gassed. His nose is broken. He can't breathe out of it. He's breathing out of his mouth. That kills your cardio. Also makes your jaw open. And then Dustin started tapping it, got his back, took him out with the rear naked choke. Listen, I love Michael Chandler. I'm not talking any shit about Michael Chandler. I'm a fucking big Michael Chandler fan. He fights at a Deerfield Beach. Like he's he's a fucking dog. You want to talk about a dog? He's fought the best fighters in Bellator and the best fighters in the UFC. He does not shy away from fights. And every time he fights, he's in it. It's a fucking electric. He never gets mocked. I just think he's the kind of guy that like can hang and put on a show and fight all the guys at the highest level. I just don't think he can beat them. And I think I don't think it's because he never could. 
I think he just came to the UFC a little late. I mean, he came pretty late. He was making bread in Bellator. And I don't blame him whatsoever. Um, I just think it's hard. And the way he fights, it's hard to fight, beat guys like that. Um, he's still a monster. He's still unbelievably talented. But I think the, the fight that makes sense right now is him and Connor. I really do. And I hate talking about Connor and I hate bringing Connor's name up. But he's been showing so much respect to Connor and talking a lot about Connor. He's still number five in the world. So that's still a draw for Connor. And me and Dana were talking about the other day. Michael Chandler's a huge name in sports right now, not just MMA, but in sports. Because every time he fights, it's fight of the night. And he's got that following with Bustin with the boys. He's a big name in the fight world. He's electric. He sells out. You make him and, and, and Connor a main event pay per view, people watch that shit. And I think for Connor, it's interesting too, because he's not going to try to wrestle you. He, Michael knows that to take that fight, he can't wrestle you. And it's going to be a good. And the thing is, is Michael Chandler's a brawler, but he's not a technician. And, and Connor is. So if Connor could just piece him and stay out, I mean, it is a pos- probable fight for Connor. It gets him back in. He gets to fight a top five guy, which is what he obviously wants. I don't know if it happens. I don't know if Connor ever fights again for the rest of his life. I would love to see that fight, though. I would love to see that fight. Yeah, um, I was going to go in a little bit different direction. Um, Chandler's coming off a loss. Gamrot's coming off a loss. I would like to see it. I was seeing people say they wanted to see Rafael Fazev versus Chandler and let them just fucking thug it out. See, uh, the problem is yeah. when you fight a guy like Chandler, you have to be able to sell. He's not going to fight. It's not that he's not going to fight you because he think you're good. It's because you're not going to sell. And he sells every time he fights. Yeah. See, because this is what I like about Chandler and Gamrot. Gamrot is going to try to bring the wrestling and Chandler loves to wrestle. You know, this yeah, guy is I think, I think Chandler stuffs his shit. Exactly. And I, I, I would want to see it because if he's able to keep Gamrot standing and he baptizes Gamrot that's another fight of the night right there. What's like Gamrot ranked right now? Eighth. So after his loss might to be a little low, Benil, after his loss to Benil, he dropped down to eight. But dude, are you gonna keep giving Chandler just murderers? Like you just because honestly, he's just gatekeeping at this point. He's gonna sit in that because anyone below him, he's murdering. Dude, I think you give him, you give him, you give him Fizev. I think give him the only fights that make sense is Fizev or or Connor. I don't think he'll jump below six. Yeah, I think Fazev will get. On the other side of things, Dustin Poirier is a fucking dog. All right. Um, Said that Michael Chandler blew his nose on him with blood, which he did, which was disgusting. And he fish hooked him. And then when he fish hooked him, Chandler was like, yeah, my fingers accidentally got in there. And then I tried to get it out, and Dustin just started biting on my hand. He started. (laughs) So (laughs) fucking savage. Um, Dustin's a dog. Uh, just dude, it's so hard not to be a Dustin fan, dude. He's just such a I hate him. badass, and he's so good, and he fights dogs, and he's just fun, bro. His takedown defense is fucking atrocious. He'll never touch his long, but he's yeah. a dog, fun to watch. And I think he said it in this post fight interview, and I think it makes sense. With Islam now fighting Volk confirmed, Poirier Darius looks like a fucking amazing fight, dude. I think Benil. Gets to do what he wants with Dustin. Look, my only thing with Dustin, I think you is give like, him a fight, either a main event fight night or a five round co main event, and let him yeah. bug it out. Um, dude, Poirier is just so fake humble. Like he pisses me the fuck off. Like every yeah. time he's in a interview, he can never like Chandler said it the best. He's like, that's a guy that just can't win with grace, like ever. Like he just always has some shit to say after his fight. Like, like 
whatever. But also Chandler had the funniest thing. He goes, yeah, I did blow my nose, but like, I got to breathe, bro. Like, sorry, gravity fucking exists. He's like, not my fault. You're below me. Like, what do you want me to do? Just like turn my head to the side and be like, oh, let me just blow my nose to in the, the side. In the podcast, you know, busting with the boys yesterday, he's talking about, I can't remember what he said, but he was like, he didn't fuck with Dustin coming and talking to him after. He's like, we should talk to this whole fight. We should talk during the fight. And even after when Chandler lost, he kept shit talking to him. But the Poirier saying that he said that has to be one of the top five hardest things of all time. When he just walks up the mic and he goes, hey, man, you're a dog. Keep your head up. Like, I was scared to fight you, like, in a healthy way. But without without fear, there without no, there is no bravery without fear. He definitely sat down last night and was like, what quote am I going to say when I nah, that's hard that? as fuck, though. They're both bloodied up. They're talking after the fight. And he goes, there is no bravery without fear. That's tough. Yeah, but, yeah, but the way I see it is, like, if you're Chandler and you just lost the fight and some guy walked up to you and just said some inspirational-ass shit, I would just – uh, like no, he said it on everything. the podcast. He didn't give a fuck about that. He was like, "Fuck!" Like, right after they kept talking shit, <laughs> he's like, "I don't care." But, yeah, like, oh, bro. Fuck yeah, that I like. Shit. I love Chandler. I love Dustin. Great fight. I think it goes good for both of them. Speaking on great quotes, I don't fucking. I'm not a fan nor a hater. I just don't really care. But Jake Paul has probably the coldest quote of all time when he says, "If I could walk on water, they would say I can't swim." <laughs> that is so fucking hard. That is so hard. You can't say oh, that's not hard. Yeah, that is fucking hard. Um, geez. As for what's next for Dustin in my eyes, um, this is just a fan in me speaking. I would like to see Poirier Gaethje again. Obviously, I don't think oh, it's happening I would yet. love, love Poirier Gaethje. I think everyone in the fucking world would love that fight. Yeah. Um. Because honestly, I'm not giving anyone in this division fucking Islam. Like, we're just going to have another Khabib title reign. Islam's for a while. fighting. Islam's fighting Volk, anyways. Yeah. So, I don't want to. No one's going for the belt. Just give me Dustin Gaethje again. Just make. Honestly, just fight everyone versus everyone and just say, yeah, you have your rankings don't matter anymore. Like, fuck it. Like, we're going to do that top five. They can all fight each other. Yeah. Fuck it. But Gaethje um, won't fight Dariush because they're boys. I think, you do, I think yeah. you do Dustin Dariush or Dariush waits patiently as he deserves the title shot. And then you do Justin versus Dustin. And that's going to be a fucking blowout pay-per-view five round bloodbath where they just stand there and fucking exchange bombs. But um, yep, after the I fight, agree. I don't know if you saw this clip. Dustin is like walking back to his corner and, and Gaethje's there like in a suit with his girl and stuff. And like Gaethje walking up and like, your dog, Dustin, blah, blah, blah. And Dustin's like, yo, like, thank you, man. We're having a new... We're dropping a new hot sauce tomorrow at this brewery. Come tabs on me. Like, I'd love for you to come and show 12 to 5. Like, like it was cool. It was a cool moment. Um, I would like to see the Dustin outside of the cameras and see, like, if that's the kind of guy he'd have been to Gaethje if there weren't cameras in his face. Mm. Um, but I do think, like you said, that's just a guaranteed banger of a fight. Like, that's just a fucking amazing. You could, you could have Chandler, Gaethje, and Dustin just keep fighting each other in rotation, and I would watch it every single time, even if it's, like, the 30th time. Because those yeah. guys just put on a fucking show every time they fight. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's enough for that fight, I think. We've said our piece. Um, I, I don't, don't really have much have, to say about Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have a lot of words to say for this next Yeah, fight. Yeah, this was our it lock of the went night. exactly the way we said it was going to go. It, yeah. Um, no surprise here. Whaley won a title again. This is just going to set up for another Rose rematch um, like we all expected. Well, dude, speaking on that, did you see how unsatisfied she was when they gave her the belt? I'm going to be honest. She didn't give a fuck because she knows 
she knows it doesn't matter if she doesn't beat Rose because for the rest of her career, it'll be you were the best behind Rose. And I remember I remember sitting there with Gaffney and his girl said something like, why doesn't she look – she's not even smiling. They just put the belt around her. And even Gaffney was like, she has to beat Rose. She, yeah. she knows in the bottom of her heart the only way that she's the actual best in the world world champion is if she can avenge the Rose loss. Losses. Yeah, because yeah, honestly, it's kind of the same boat as like even if Rob goes and beats Pereira and Izzy takes the be, belt yeah, back to Rob. Beat Izzy. It, yep, Izzy's, Izzy's literally going to be sitting there every night thinking there. And speaking of Izzy, this was our main event of the evening, so let's just get right into it. Yeah, wait, real quick. Um, Carla, don't give a fuck what happens to her. They gave her that fight against Rose. Should have never even had the title. And for Wei Lee, you give it Rose. Like there makes, There's no other thing that makes sense. And I don't know if you guys have watched the first two Rose Whaley fights. They're bangers. So, like, I am more than okay with them doing a trilogy. I, dude, let them fight 10 times. I'll watch it every fucking time. But yeah. it, the only way Whaley can actually be the champion in the world's eyes and in her own eyes, which is the most important, is she has to beat Rose. Yeah. Honestly, give Esparza to Lemos. Lemos is coming off a win. She's third in the rankings. Um, just yeah, for No one gives a fuck about Carla. She's boring. She doesn't have a fan base. Like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about her. But yeah, let's, let's tap into the fight that everyone paid to yeah. watch. Our main event of the evening, the challenger, Alex Bautam Pereira, taking on Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya. Now, we all know the history bet- uh, between these two. They were both former glory kickboxers. Pereira dogged Israel twice. Israel left to go. Well, in the second and, fight, he he was losing and finished him in the fifth round, just like our fight this past weekend. But like I said, Izzy had already lost twice before, went pursued another career. Prayer was like, I was only put on God's earth to track you down and murder you, so I'm going to do that. Um, Izzy could sling crack, and Prayer would probably turn into Pablo Escobar if he needed to. Um, <laughs> If Izzy wanted to become a boxer, Pereira would probably get trained by Mike Tyson or some shit. Yeah, Pereira, Pereira's sole purpose on earth was to just make sure Izzy's never happy in life. Yes. Um, I'm still convinced Pereira was never birthed. He just showed up as a 13-year-old in the Amazon jungle, and they kind of gave him a headpiece after he dragged a lioness through the jungle. I don't. That, that's kind of how I see it. He's dragging a dead body by his tail. Yeah, when they do, when no they do smile, a 30 30- No smile, just- yeah, when they when they actually talk about the Jungle Book, like he is Mowgli, like he he like he got trained in jujitsu by the bear, and then he just like this fought a panther like every day of his life, and then murdered a tiger. Um, but yeah, anyway, this kind of this fight kind of went exactly how I thought I would, with Israel kind of winning the entire fight, but then like Pereira is just a literal walking zombie and just constantly just needs one shot. He's he is the Deontay Wilder of. UFC, like he's, he's just, more. I think he's more technical than Deontay, though. Oh yes, yes. Don't get me wrong. Not, not so much as a raw fighter, but in terms of just like, all he needs is that one punch. Like he, that left hook of his is devastating. Because like, is he exactly, landing shots? It kind of went exactly like we said. If yeah. Izzy, if, if Izzy keeps it ones and twos and boring and stays on the outside, he wins. And look at the look at the three rounds he won. The one he wrestled him, and then the other two he stayed outside. Did his Izzy got in, got out, got in, got out, circle, got in, got out, circle. Like he kept it moving and he was winning. He, like, there was no argument on the rounds and he won those rounds. I mean, in the end of the first, he fucking rocked them. But in the fifth, his fans started getting a little bored or Izzy got bored and he wanted to prove something like we said he shouldn't do. 
He opened up, and Pereira's the best counter striker in the fucking world, bro. Like, and that's what happened. And we said it, bro. When you're the UFC world champion, it does not fucking matter if people think you were boring. It doesn't matter how you win. You stay the best in the world. Because at the end of the day, you're still the fucking champ. You know? And I think that's what happened to him, and I think that's what happened to Usman. And they opened up a little too much instead of sticking with the game plan, and he got slept. And Pereira is the weirdest champ ever. Because he's the worst mismatch for Izzy, but he loses to the top 10. Like, yeah. he gets mauled by anyone. With these. Like, Rob kills him. Bo Nickel kills him. Cosmot kills him. Vittori, probably. Vittori, anyone that can take him down is going to kill him. His ground, I don't know yeah. if you saw that. His ground game is terrible. Like, fucking awful. And it's not his fault. It's because he's 7-1 and one in MMA. And also, yeah. imagine being the one guy that beat him. Imagine that. His first, it was his first UFC fight ever, and it was to do a rear naked choke. Oh, I know, like, but imagine, imagine being that guy right now. Like, yeah, I beat him. I fucked I beat, I beat Bellaton. Yeah. You already I know he has, him. like, a fucking dartboard full of knives with that guy's face on it in his bedroom. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what's next for Pereira other than the Izzy matchup right away. Um, I don't think you can give him anyone else. Honestly, so, like, it would be the biggest. To, that's where I wanted to go with this, Zach. Do you think you do the Izzy quad fight instantly i people love to call it a quad fight dude it's only the second time in mma though and people got to realize that is completely different than glory <sighs> kickboxing so dude, the thing so is the thing different. is it's like it's like yes he's lost to him three times and been finished twice because i can so promise you, you argue that and be like yo he doesn't deserve it but at the same time he's arguably the best, if not the second best middleweight of all time. Why yeah. wouldn't he get an instant rematch? It's a really weird position to be in, especially because Rob is fighting Costa already. Rob, you already know Rob is so fucking mad he signed that Costa fight. Because he's like, oh, fuck. yeah. Yeah, he's like, fuck, I, I could be fighting the title. But I mean, even Rob said it in an interview. They asked him, he's like, look, I'm not overlooking Costa. He's like, Costa can knock me the fuck out. He's like, that's a big motherfucker. He's like, but yeah. at the same time, because I think my wrestling destroys, uh, he goes, my wrestling beats Pereira if Pereira doesn't land a bomb on me. He's like, because people think Izzy's, this is what Rob said. He's like, people think Izzy's not that big. He's like, Izzy's a big guy, six four, like he's got a good frame. And then Pereira's just double his size, you know? So he's fucking yeah. massive. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I feel like if they do rematch right away, um, Izzy is literally going to meet with Kamaru Usman and wrestle for eight months straight. He's literally going to go to Khabib. He's going to go fly out to Dagestan. He's going to put on Khabib's little like hat and he's going to be like, I'm a wrestler now. It's like, that's all it is. The best is when the fight right before the fight was happening on the memes. It's like Israel, Adis Medov. The meme post-fight though, the memes from this fight, I think it have been the best out of any any upset ever. Oh, another thing, another thing that people need to realize is I get I get the argument, and you'll know where I'm going with this. I get the argument of going out on your shield. I understand you want to see the champ get fully knocked out, not just on his feet. You have to understand something. When you're that good of a striker, when you are stunned or out of it, he was, I promise you, he was knocked out. But because he he is trained, he he has trained fighting for so long that you just know how to like sway. Like you know how to like kind of defend yourself, even when you're out. Like that's just. If you've been training that long, I promise you your body knows when to take over. If the ref doesn't stop that fight, all you are waiting for is for one uppercut or left hook from prayer to land, and we are getting an Izzy 2.0 meme where he is laying on the canvas 
Kamar Usman style, looking into God's eyes out. Like yeah, the thing about me too, Zach, is like the only people upset about the finish are fans. Izzy agrees it was a good fin, a good stoppage. Mark Goddard doesn't disagree that he stopped it early. Izzy's coaches agree that it stops fine. Diana says it stopped fine. Like the only people that matter agree. I don't know why other people matter. And then I even saw a tweet that was like, the reason why Israel Adesanya is is a better champ than Usman is because, or no, the reason why Usman's a better champ than Izzy is because Usman didn't have excuses to why the fight got stopped after his loss. And someone was like, bro, Usman didn't have a choice. He was fucking asleep. Like, yeah. He couldn't have argued the stoppage. He wasn't his eyes like, were his eyes were going to the back yeah. of his head. He was like fighting it. Yeah. Like, like, good like, God. No, dude, the ref did a good job. He saved him. It wasn't it wasn't a bad finish. Now, if he let him get knocked out, would that be fucked up? No, you let the champ sometimes die. Like that's part of being the champ. Like you're they're gonna let you lose your throne. But if that happens, who is he's is he's out for a much longer time versus now he can get back into a thing and start fighting. I think I do think you give him the rematch. It's gonna sell a fuck ton of tickets. Fucked on pay-per-views. And, like, also, like, there's no rush. No one else deserves – I mean, what? Derek Brun- – dude, like, like Sean Strickland got knocked out by Pereira. Derek Brunson – I don't even know why the fuck he's in there. He lost to Jared Cannonier. Marvin Vittori lost to Rob. Cannonier lost to Rob. Rob lost to Izzy. Izzy also beat Cannonier and Vittori and Brunson. Paulo Costa's fighting Rob. After losing to Vittori, Sean Strickland got knocked out by Pereira. Like, there's nothing that else that makes sense. Yeah, uh, here's another thing. Pereira jumped into eighth in the pound for pound rankings. Uh, That's retarded. He shouldn't even be in the pound for pound rankings. Yeah. Um, look, Dana, I get it. You want to put your champs in the pound for pound, but let's be honest. He is strictly in the UFC to be Izzy's kryptonite. That is it. He's not. I, shit against I'm, him I'm not. I'm not even lying when I say this. I would not be surprised if if the, he doesn't sign a rematch contract right away with Izzy. If he just doesn't retire, he just this goes back to the board. Yeah, it just goes back to glory. And then if Izzy gets the belt back, it'll be like, all right, I'll take one more fight. And then beats Izzy again, leaves. Because yeah. here's the thing. Glory Glory is still riding Pereira's hype. I don't know if you follow Glory at all on social media. Oh, yeah, they're posting hype it up. Yeah, no, they're they're still on him uh, all the way. They're probably going to bring him back after his MMA stint. Because like, that's what I view this as Pereira. I don't think he fully switched over to MMA. I just think he did it for Izzy. And here's another problem I have. For the rest of each other's lives, you cannot bring up Israel Adesanya's name without bringing up Pereira, and you yeah. cannot bring up Alex Pereira without talking about Israel yeah, Adesanya. They, they, like they're they forever, other, yeah. yeah, they're forever entwined in fighting history, and that, like, that's what it is. Like, Izzy's probably going to end up having to name his kid Alex out of respect, and Pereira's going to name his kid like probably Mountain Killer of the Rain, and that'll be like, yo, that's Israel in my language, and then. That'll be it. Um, but yeah, that was it for UFC 281. We have some other fight news if we want to get this out of the way real quick. I know yeah, I got quick, little... We got uh, interim. Uh, so, so Volkanovski's jumping up the lightweight to fight Islam in February um, for the lightweight title. Going to be a good fight. I think Islam's size is going to be the deciding factor. I don't think it's a skill gap. I think it's a size gap. Since the champ is gone, someone else has to take the champ's belt and interim titles. We got Josh Emmett versus Yara Rodriguez. Um, it's kind of weird because it's, it's just like, <clears throat> it's just like who could possibly beat Volk? It's like Max is they're just done trying with Max. It sucks. I love Max. I don't really know what's next for Max. Um, but yeah, I think I think that Emmett fight has the potential to be a five round banger. They're both thugs. They both like the bang. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good MMA in coming in the or beginning of 2020, ending this year 
from now until like midway of next year, there's a lot of good fights coming on that, that you should be uh you should be excited for. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know, man. Not, I think Yair kind of walks away with that one, to be honest. I'm if he doesn't get swept, because Josh Emmett's got fucking bombs. I will agree. Um, another fighter I'm kind of interested to see in that division um, is Bryce Mitchell. I know he has a fight coming up. I believe. Fighting Eri, uh, Eli to- Topia, Tarfia, something like that. Topuria, some, some, something along those lines. Yeah, something uh, weird like right, that. I, dude, I don't know why he fights down because, like, he he's not coming off a loss, is he? No, he's coming off a win against Edson Barbosa. Like, come on, dude. Like, what what's going on here? Because he'll fight That's anyone, fancy. bro. He'll fight anyone. He called out Joe Rogan, bro. He'll fight fucking anyone. Why did he call out Joe Rogan? Because like, he said the Earth's what? flat and Joe's full of shit. See, this is where Bryce loses me a little because, dude, you're so good at fighting, but the problem is, is you're from the middle of bumfuck Arkansas and you yeah. hunt rac- you hunt raccoons, bro. Like, Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, he would literally – like, I know how we talk about some guys saying, like, oh, you need to, like, be able to use your mouth and, like, be able to, like, talk your way into some hype. There are some fighters where, in Bryce Mitchell's case, shut the fuck up. And just fight. Literally, literally, fight. when when they give you the mic, just say "I love America," and you will gain millions of followers. Yeah. That 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 is it. Say "I love God," "I love America," and "I love beating ass." That can be your slogan. Hire me as your campaign manager. I will literally get you a title fight in two years. I'm just saying. Probably not even then. I can probably get you one on one. We'll say some dumb shit about how the Australians are stupid or some shit. We'll say literally just say Volk. Uh, Volk lost a war to Emus, and I'm sure Volk will just be triggered by that and fight you over a T-bone stake. Who gives a shit? Regardless, any other fight news you have That's to talk about? I think of right now off the top. Yep. So, per usual, shout out Dustin, shout out Leon, shout out Pereira, and yeah, shout out Dan Hooker, I guess. Yeah, shout sure. out Dan fucking Hooker, man. We haven't given him a shout out in a while. Shout out Dan. Yeah, fuck you, Dan. Um, yeah, that's it for us. So. We're going to drop more MMA knowledge as it keeps coming along, and we are also going to be following USC Orlando in Orlando. Clock to the stove. Over and out.